1: Well, good morning, everybody. Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, a brisk but sunny February morning. I'm Glenn McAnout, joined by my pal Ray Didier. How was the walk, Ray? Uh Uh-oh, I don't hear Ray. Chilly. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Brisk, good exercise?
0: Yeah, nice blue skies, but uh, definitely February out there. It's good for you.
1: It's easy I for you to say, and your your fuzz and your
0: fuzzy slippers <laughs> with your with your mug of hot coffee in your hands.
1: You got that exactly perfect. Uh, anyway, always a pleasure to talk with you, uh, and a lot going on today over the three hours. The course of the next three hours, um, we have uh, certainly a lot of football news involving the NFL and involving your Philadelphia Eagles. The NBA trade, line, trade deadline is days away. We're going to get into that momentarily. And, and really, what we think it's going to be a special treat for you coming up at noon. Ray, I'll let you drive this one off the tee.
0: Oh, uh, well, yeah, we've, uh, we just passed a, a real threshold here with, uh, with, our, with our 100th, 100th installment of, of Tell Us Your Story. Uh, that was last Saturday's uh, interview. I mean, a terrific interview it was with Earl Pearl Monroe. Uh, but we felt like, you know, hitting, hitting that kind of milestone that we should mark it somehow. And um, so what we did was we put together, um, we decided to put together a best of Tell Us Your Story, a look back over the, over the past two years of the interviews that we've done and some of the people we've, t- we've talked to, some of the stories they've told, and select the best of it and put it together in one show. And as it turned out, when we started compiling it, we had enough for, as Jody McDonald would say, not one, <laughs> not two. But three installments of Best of Tell Us Your Story. And so the first one we will do today at noon, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. People, yeah, get and the to, one today
1: um, yeah. focuses on championship moments, great moments. And right. so we have people like Jay Wright uh, winning the, uh, the NCAA title, and Bobby Clark winning the Stanley Cup, and George Foreman winning the heavyweight championship, and Don Staley and Chris Long winning the Super Bowl here, and more. So we think you will enjoy it. Um, we enjoyed putting it together, and we really enjoy doing Tell Us Your Story. So it's, uh, it's a real fun thing for us. Okay, uh, let's get into the news of the day. I'll put the basketball second because that, to me, remains speculative. Um, the news that I think a lot of people here really still care about is that on Thursday, our old pal Doug Peterson Got the job as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was, not surprisingly for Jacksonville, a long, complicated process. Doug was the first guy they interviewed, and then they interviewed a whole lot more, including Byron Leftwich, who people thought might have a shot. He took himself out. Um, told, basically, the the Jaguars' ownership that he, he could not work with their GM, Trent Balky. Mm-hmm. Well, he's and not alone owner- in that. Pardon me.
0: He's not alone in that
1: regard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was looking this up, Ray. Trent Falke has had three coaches. He had two coaches his last two years in San Francisco. Uh, What's that guy's name? Tom Sula. Was that his name? Yeah, Jim Tom Sula. Yeah. And and Chip Kelly <laughs> lasted one year. Then he goes to Jacksonville, hires Urban Meyer. He doesn't last even a season. They go three and fourteen. So it's a mess of a franchise. It really has been over the last few years kind of a joke of a franchise in the NFL. So I lead you, Ray Dinger, with the question, can Doug Peterson, has he got a shot to succeed down there?
0: Uh, I think he does. I think he's a good coach. Uh, and they have a couple things going for him. I, I do think they have a quarterback. Yeah. I, you know, if, Now, if you watched him this year— um, people would say, "Geez, everybody was excited about this guy," but you got to understand the situation that he found himself in. I mean, <laughs> Urban Meyer was his coach. Urban Meyer no more wanted to be coaching that team than I did, uh, and the offense was a mess, and uh, he didn't have much around him, and it was just a disaster. But I still believe Trevor Lawrence is is a very very talented young quarterback. So Doug, starting with that. Yeah, uh, and Doug and, is,
1: and and let me just join in on this. Doug is a quarterback. Doug's done well with quarterbacks. Doug played the position in the league. He he started as a coach working with quarterbacks. I know that Carson Wentz may have turned into a disaster, but that 2017 season, Carson Wentz was terrific, and Doug, along with Frank Reich and John DiFilippo, that was his name, was mm-hmm. was a good part of that. I think. It, it we have seen some quarterbacks come in and do so well off the start that we have these unrealistic expectations sometimes for rookie quarterbacks. So yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Lawrence can do really well.
0: Yeah, I think I I definitely I saw enough of him in college to know that he has he has the ability. Uh, and so what he needs to do is he needs to have a better team. He needs to be coached. He's his fundamentals went to pieces last year, but that's not. I've seen that happen before, but he can certainly be rebuilt and he's got a coach there who can rebuild quarterbacks, has rebuilt quarterbacks. Uh and you've got a you got a team that's got 11 draft picks this year and they got like 50 million dollars in cap room. Yeah. So I mean they they have the wherewithal to get well in a hurry. And you know, their division is not the toughest and you know, I think that the fact that it's it's a it's a lower intensity media market will probably help Doug. You know, I think he'll be pretty comfortable there. Uh, he, he's not, there's not going to be quite as many people looking over his shoulder. Um, but a lot of it depends on what's happening above him. You know, the owner to me is, is, uh, you know, the owner to me is a guy that kind of just sort of messes up everything he touches. Yep. Uh, and Balky has a bad track record, you know, and if you have a bad owner and a bad general manager that can undermine a good, even a good coach. So we'll see how, you know, I think the, I, I do think that the possibility is there with the quarterback, with the cap space, with the draft picks to rebuild this team. But he's going, to need, he's going to need the owner and the general manager to get their act together, too.
1: Yeah, well, that's the tough part, and it's the part that's really out of his hands, and um, that is a bad track record. They have the first pick of the draft. Who should they take? Take the big tackle? I know tackles aren't a sexy pick, but if, if you got that young quarterback, and you have somebody to protect him for the next six, eight years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, that, might, that might not be a bad way to go that might that might not be a bad way to go is take Evan Neal the uh, the the big tackle from Alabama. There I mean there are a couple of and we can talk a little bit more and we probably should talk a little bit cuz senior bowl is is going on. Oh,
1: we ray that's the, that's the whole second segment of the show. And
0: senior bowl will be
1: played today, so we yeah. can talk a,
0: lo, a little bit about that, but uh you know the the there's, um, there's a couple of really good offensive tackles here, and Evan Neal from Alabama is probably the best of them. He's certainly the biggest, six seven to 350 pounds. So if I the saw. idea is you want to try and protect Trevor Lawrence and give him a chance to do the things that he can do, Evan Neal isn't a, isn't, a bad, isn't a bad building block to start with.
1: I saw a picture of him standing next to other offensive linemen. It reminded me, hopefully he's a better player. I assume he is, but it reminded me, remember you see King Dunlap at mm-hmm. Eagles training camp? Mm-hmm. And he couldn't play, but, God, he was huge. And he wound up playing like seven or eight years. In a yeah, league. he did. He, he, had a, he got a career out of it. I'm really rooting for Doug. Um, listen, we, you know, he, he brought us the only Super Bowl we have. And, and don't fool yourself. Doug coached a tremendous game that day on the biggest stage of the world, uh, beating the most famous coach in history, uh, having his journeyman quarterback out-duel the greatest quarterback in history, doug was was daring that day bold he he went for it on fourth down and made it he okayed the philly special i mean doug i will always the the statue they have the doug down there at the stadium doug and Foles, it's okay it's all right but i we should always have a statue to doug and he should never have to buy a meal when he comes to this town including the jags come in this next year Mm -hmm. so that'll be cool yeah well He'll get a big hand
0: Oh, I'm sure he will yeah I'm sure he, I'm sure he will and he should he should I mean this you know this city this franchise won one Super Bowl in its in its lifetime in in more than half a century they've won it once and he was the coach and he and what he did with that team that season and what he did with that team that day, beating the team that they beat, beating the coach that he beat on beating Tom Brady on one of Brady's best days. Um was remarkable and will always stand as a remarkable achievement. And I, am with you. I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. I found him to be, you know, I found him to be a nice fella. I enjoyed working with him. Uh, I think he was a gentleman. And uh, I think on the whole, you look at his record here. I think he did a really good job. I mean, they went to the playoffs pretty much every year, and they brought Here's home the two, Lombardi and Trophy. Four. And yeah. you know, in 18, in 18, they bring home the Lombardi Trophy, and we all will talk forever about the parade. So yeah, hats off to Doug Peterson, and I wish him well in Jacksonville.
1: You know who else comes in this next year? Who is that? Carson Wentz.
0: Oh, that's right. Might Maybe not. Might get not quite as. Yeah. <laughs> might not get quite the same reception.
1: <laughs> that will always. I don't want to sidetrack into that one, but that will always be the most curious thing that ever happened to me because it was like all great until it got horrible, and like I. I mean, I know why it went horrible. It went horrible because he didn't have the psyche to handle certain things. Boy, there's a familiar story, but that that's one that should have been great. That's one I just wanted like a do-over in Wentz's career to work here and so on, but whatever.
0: Absolutely. Can't, I mean, yeah, yeah. you look it, – it's, it's funny the lens at which you look at Carson Wentz now today from where we're all sitting looking back, um, and it's almost wholly negative. I mean, you talk to anybody on the street, and, and ah, he was terrible. He was never that – you know, you, you think about what 2017 was like and the way that team was playing on their way to 11-2. and two. And the way he was – he was, without question, he was the best player in the National Football League. Yeah. yeah. And, and for, for, for the city and for the fans and, heck, for me, just watching it, just watching this guy play him. My whole my film is, you know what? They got the guy. They got the guy. I mean, this is it. I mean, this guy, he's going to be your quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. And, you know, it was, it was, it was really in – in, at its height, it was almost Lindros-like. It really was. Oh, yeah. it, was, it, was this, it was this sense that, you know, wow. Our team finally got the guy. That was the feeling, and boy, did it go wrong!
1: Oh gosh, yes, and and not because not because of us. No, I mean sometimes he's like, oh, you know, the fans. But the fans loved him, and and all right. So that there's that's the story is a little bit familiar, and um, the most tired sports story in town. Hopefully, will come to an end one way or another later this week because we are. Oh, five days away from the NBA trade deadline, Ray. I know you'll be setting up that day with your hoagie, tuned in to WIP, just waiting to see what happens, right?
0: Uh, No. Okay, well. You know, sh- sh- shoot me up a flare when they finally do it, okay? <laughs> then I'll pay attention.
1: Okay. Stories come out yesterday. Uh, Shams Shireenya in the Athletic, was a pretty reputable guy. Sources say the 76ers are expected to pursue James Harden ahead of the trade deadline Thursday. This was a deal that a lot of people thought could go down after the season with a sign and trade. The the Nets have now lost seven in a row. And um, as the story goes, they're looking more to make a deal now. And it would focus on Harden for Ben Simmons. And then, of course, the next sentence is always, who else do the Sixers have to throw in? So let me start, Ray. Mm-hmm. Would you be uh, willing to throw in uh, Maurice Theibel? Yeah, probably. All right. Would you be okay throwing in Seth Curry? Yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Uh, General Manager, uh, we would like you to add Tyrese Maxey to the deal as a sweetener. Mm, nah. no Aha! Well, we're on the same. I, you know, you and I did not discuss this. We're on the same page there. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm. It it may be, and this is a word that's used too often: recency bias. But watching Maxi over the course of the last month. Boy, oh, he's man. really. Oh, he's a good player. There, there's something there. I don't know that he's ever going to be, a, you know, an all star, great player, so on. But I think he is a guy who can be a valuable part of your core of your starting lineup for years to come. He's athletic. He's he's a smart player. He's a, obviously a great teammate, a terrific guy to have around. I I don't want to give him up for for short term James Harden, and mm-hmm. I think Harden would be definitely short term.
0: Yeah, probably so. The um I had, I was hearing the same chatter that you were that this was uh, th- that this thing was heating up and there was a chance it could happen. So I went out this morning and picked up the New York papers and the New York Daily News today. Uh, actually has a has a they're reporting that this is that this is a trade that is on the table, okay. Then this and this is what they're mm-hmm. talking about, and I'll who read this that? to You okay? You know who
1: wrote it? Hmm. Who wrote that story?
0: Yes, Christian Winfield. Okay, he's the uh, he's the beat guy who covers okay. the Nets. Um, the deal is that the Sixers trade. Okay, here's what you're getting. Okay, you're, the Sixers would receive James Harden, mm-hmm. Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, and Javon Carter. Okay, that's what you that's what you would be getting back.
1: Uh, okay. Okay.
0: What you are give, what you're get, you're getting James Harden and, you know, three three guys named Joe. is basically right. you
1: are I think I think you literally they are all named yeah.
0: Joe. Uh, right. and but what you're giving up is Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Danny Green.
1: Oh. Well, I may do that then. I would I would I would absolutely do. I that. I, I and Tobias Harris has been a huge disappointment. Yeah. So and his contract. So I get Joe Harris for Tobias Harris. I just I don't even have to switch the jerseys. I just give him give him that jersey. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And Joe Harris is okay. Who are the other guys?
0: Um, the other guy, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, and Javon
1: Carter. Well, those guys are just guys. Um, oh gosh, I would do that in a second. Yeah, I'm in. That was that's on the table. Let's uh, let's dine.
0: That's the that's the deal that he as he proposes it. That's what he said is the is the most is the one that's being discussed right now. And when I looked at that I said, gee, if I'm the Sixers done." Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just sign the papers and 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 you know, give the guys their both tickets.
1: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I will say this and this is not this is not from a competitive point of view because competitively clearly it makes you better and if Harden is into it, I think Harden and Embiid – Uh, would be really good together, and, and, you know, Maxie's my number three guy. Now, that that all works for me. I want to say this right. James Harden plays a very boring brand of basketball, very effective but boring, basically go foul and get to the line. Right. And I just – I would do it because I want to win, but it would make the Sixers less fun to watch. It would make the games less exciting. Which is not a reason not to do it. So you understand what I'm saying?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, okay, I th- you know. To me, Harden's just a pure scorer is what he is, and I think he's, I think he's almost a perfect complement to Embiid in terms of you know his his offensive range and his offensive skills. The problem with him is right now he's older. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah, he was out
1: yesterday, although I don't know if he's out yesterday because he's, you know, a trade is on the table.
0: Yeah, he's had um they they've been saying he has a hamstring issue and before that they said that he has a, a sprained shooting hand, which oh, um, if you looked problem. at if you looked at his numbers in the last two games he played, he was 8 for 30. Yeah. Uh so maybe there was something wrong with his shooting hand, but um but he's but he's a score that, but he's he he plays no defense. Okay. So um, that you'd have to you'd have to deal with that, but on the other on the other end of the floor, I mean, he's uh, he's just a, he's just a score machine, and yeah. you know that. And I think that I think that he and Embiid would work well together.
1: Well, again, we've been discussing these trades since forever, but uh, it, the deadline being five days away, maybe just maybe something will happen. So you would uh, you would like to see Daryl Morey make a move, Ray? I know you've been kind of. Frustrated by his his stall on this thing.
0: Well, I mean, he's been stalling for a purpose. I mean, it's it's been not to prove a point, and he's not trying to, you know, freeze Ben Simmons out of spite. It's been I'm going to, I'm not trading him until I get what I consider to be comparable value. And if all of a sudden James Harden becomes part of the conversation, now I think, yeah, okay, you're talking about comparable value. You got it. You know, okay, I'll take yeah. Harden over Ben Simmons any day.
1: Yeah uh anthony and alney wants to talk about this trade by the way 215 592 best caller of the day wins a 50 dollars gift card to shibe sports where there's a story in every stitch visit them uh their center city location or shibesports.com 215 592 Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. hey anthony
2: hey how's it going all right good so i'm uh i'm in the car driving uh doing DoorDash right now and I, I heard this rumor about this brooklyn trade and This is the first time I'm hearing about this particular uh, proposal. Mm -hmm. I actually love it. Um, I've been one of those that have been on the side of let's hold out for the best possible trade. We don't want to make a trade now that we're going to regret a few weeks or a few months from now, or, you know, try to sell out and hopefully win a championship because Joel's having such an amazing year and all of that. But with all that being said, I think this trade addresses a lot of the concerns where uh, obviously Getting Cinnamon Simmons out of out of out of town, which is what we all want, but also we're getting Harden back, which you know we all know the type of player he is. As you know, as small as his window of productivity might still be at this point, he is still one of the most prolific scorers this game has ever seen, no and question. he you know still has at least a few more years left. No and question. then uh, we're getting rid of that terrible contract on uh, Tobias Harris. And Danny Green is, you know, at this point just taking up a spot on the roster, in my
1: opinion. And so I
2: I think all across the board, I love,
1: I love it. If we can
2: make that happen, I think we should do it yesterday. All
1: right. Well, that makes three votes, so we're in with you, and we appreciate you. By the way, who orders DoorDash at ten in the morning? What do they order? Uh, you know what? It's the breakfast rush. Um, I've been going about three hours so far. It's uh, been busy. Okay. Uh, Hey, have a
2: great one. Thank you. Thanks for for taking the (laughs)
1: call. You ever do DoorDash, Ray? Uh No. Okay. I have, but never bre- – I mean, to me, breakfast is like whatever's in the fridge is left over. I'm taking that. Mm. Uh, By the way, I misspoke a little earlier. I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule here, and uh, Carson Wentz is on the ro- – assuming that Carson Wentz is still in Indy, which is no sure bet. Carson Wentz is on the road. The Eagles' home schedule uh, in 2022, not counting division games, would be the Packers – don't know who their quarterback is going to be. The Vikings. Don't know who their coach is going to be. The Jags. The Tennessee Titans. The Steelers. And the Saints. Okay. We don't have- A lot of unknowns in all those. Yeah. Who's the Steelers quarterback? Who's the Saints coach? A lot of. A lot of change. A lot of questions on all of those teams. Yeah, and actually you and I are going to talk about some NFL change coming up and some interesting developments in the league, some involving the Eagles, some not. 2-on-5, Don't forget, as we said, at noon, the best of Tell Us Your Story, version one. We do think you're going to like it. Ray Dinger, Glenn Macnow, Saturday morning on 94 WIP.